Good evening, everyone. It is great to see all of you here tonight that are in person, and it is also awesome to look at a camera and know that there are other people that are my friends on the other end. So that's great to see you guys, too, in that respect. Um, Well, let me start off. Oh, hey, Asher. Thank you. Take the cheering squad. It's a confidence boost, you know? Well, let me start off with a few things that kind of describe some titles that I carry. Um, and they are in order of, um, of, uh, of how deep they are to the core of my being. So um, again, my name's Danny, and um, I am a child of God. I am a follower of Jesus. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Mosaic at Walt Disney World. And I am... A husband to Allie. I am a father to Abby and Asher. And by the way, both of those things are more important than me being a pastor. Just so, um, order of importance. Absolutely. And I'm also a cast member at the Walt Disney World Resort. And I have been for the last six years, or for most of the last six years. And like many of you who are cast members, I received the email um, early last week letting you know about the importance um, uh, the uh, upcoming, uh, I think they called it worse workforce reductions and uh, layoffs. And just like you, I waited. I waited to see how was this going to play out. Um, Allie and I, uh, we took our kids to Vero Beach Resort for a night um, late last week. And uh, we got there and it was like nap time. So we get the kids both down and it takes like uh, a little bit of time to get them both down. And they're both down and we retreat to the balcony. Um, so we, uh, we retreat to the balcony and we are sitting there and, um, and we're like starting to watch a TV show together. We read scripture and then, um, and then about the time, like midway through the show, I get a phone call and it comes from an Orlando area code and I and I showed it to Ali and I was like it's time and I answered it and it was my call that I was um, laid off from being a seasonal cast member um, as part of the Magic Kingdom guest relations family and um, while I was sitting there uh, it uh, it took me to different places and trying to figure out how does this affect me. Like, how does this affect my identity? How does this affect my calling? How does this affect my passions? Now, I know that in this room, and for all of you who are online, we are all sitting in different places. Some of you, like me, received the phone call already. Some of you are waiting to see if you are included, and you may not know for some time from now. Some of you are, quote, unquote, safe Some of you um, work at places like Universal and SeaWorld and other places in the hospitality industry as well, where these layoffs and other things like this have already been in place for some time now. And some of you are kind of just sitting here, kind of like outside observers. But what I do know, what I know about all of us is that there, that whether no matter how this personally affects you in some way, by virtue of you being here tonight or listening online, This affects you in some way, shape, or form, whether it's you personally with your finances and your career, or it's with those that you care about, because it affects people in this room. Now, 
regardless of how this affects you, what we realized um, late, late on last week was that we had to alter course because we've been journeying through the story of Ephesians um, over the last year. And as we've been in Ephesians, it's been so good reminding us of our identity in Jesus. But what, what we realized is we had to take a week off to just sit in this moment together. But the question is, how, what message do I bring when all of us are in such radically different places? How do you speak into all these different spaces that we're in? And so this really started gripping my soul. And I spent like three days just praying, God, would you do, give me something? Because I don't know what to say. I don't know what's helpful right now. What, what's helpful for my heart? And what I realized is there is a message that is a good message for wherever you are sitting right now. It's the gospel. I know, right? The gospel. The gospel is actually good news. And it's good news regardless of where you are. It's good news when you are employed or when you're laid off. It is good news um, for our brothers and sisters around the globe who are experiencing severe persecution. It is good news for the exhausted parent. It's good news for world leaders. It is good news for those who are living in abject poverty. It is good news for cast members and team members, I know. Uh, it is good news for those who have, been, who have been infected with COVID-19. And it is good news for those who are in remission from cancer. It is good news. So... That's what I got for you guys tonight. So what I have for you tonight are four gospel reminders that the Spirit of God spoke into my heart that I needed to hear. And I hope that wherever you're sitting tonight, that it's what you need to hear as well. So let's dig in. Gospel reminder number one. Whatever emotions you are currently experiencing, it makes sense. Now, I don't know, that may not seem like super gospel-y to you or whatever, but like I can, I can tie on some Jesus into that. But the reality is, is that Jesus understands where you are. God gets where you are. Throughout the pages of scripture, we see a God who is not aloof and is not uncaring. He knows where you're at and he cares deeply about where you are. So whatever emotions you are experiencing, it makes sense. Now, um, I feel a lot of the same way I did um, the first time I applied seven years ago to be a a part of the Disney College program. I was living in California, my hometown, and I get an interview um, on the phone, and they tell you, like, within a week, you'll find out. And I I really showed them something because within three hours, I got my email, or I got got an email. It was a rejection email. Um, (laughs) They said, you're definitely not Disney enough. (laughs) And that rejection only amplified later that night. Me and my brother went to the movies and we went and saw Oz the Great and Powerful. And it starts with the Disney, like the, the, the castle and all that. And like the castle like spat on me. Like that's how I was feeling. I was like, I never want to see a castle in my life. Now, that's how I honestly have been feeling, a little bit rejected. And I feel silly, but that's how I've been feeling. How about you? Where are you? Are you feeling confused or are you content? Are you feeling anxiety? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you unsure about what you should be feeling right now? What I can tell you is wherever you are, it makes sense. It makes sense. See, 
God is not aloof or uncaring. He's described throughout the scriptures as slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. See, we see throughout scripture that he grieves with his kids. He gets frustrated at times at his kids and he smiles down on his kids. God experiences emotions within scripture. It's it's fascinating. And I think that's important for us to to be aware of that God is not um, logic only. God is very emotive. And that's a good thing. Now, when we think of emotions, we often think of the ways that emotions carry us into spaces of sin and brokenness. But God is emotion without the sin and brokenness. Replaced with holiness, life, and freedom. So he experiences emotions And it matters. And this should matter to you because wherever you are at tonight, you can easily downplay it or ignore it or dismiss it. But the emotional reality of this moment would just be foolish to ignore. So wherever you are sitting tonight, it makes sense. So stop thinking about what you should be feeling and take the time to experience what you are feeling. Maybe you got laid off and honestly, you feel relieved. Like you were like looking for a chance to, to, like a reason to make it your next step. That's good too. Whatever you are feeling, it makes sense. Now, whatever you are feeling, there is a version of that which Jesus himself experienced. Jesus experienced the entire gamut of human emotions. He experienced night of enjoying incredible conversation with his best friends, laughing with them. He experienced such sweet worship with the Father. He experienced the death of loved ones and grieved. He experienced the greatest grief imaginable. And that's where I want to turn to first in the scriptures tonight. In Mark 14, starting in in verse 32. Now to set the stage, Jesus just finished up dinner with his friends. Night before, he is about to be taken to stand trial and to be executed. And he is standing in um, a garden called Gethsemane. And he asks his disciples to journey with him. And here's what it says. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Like guys, this is weighty. This is so weighty. That when we read it, I don't know if we ever fully grasp what this moment must have been like for him. When he is sitting there praying, God, if you would take this away, I would say yes, but I know this is what you have called me into. I know that this is what you are calling me to submit to, so I will, but it's going to cost me everything. Jesus is experiencing deep grief. And he continually identifies himself with spaces of grief. That's why in the Sermon on the Mount, the the most profound sermon ever preached, Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. This is why when he goes and his friend Lazarus, who had just been, um, who had just died, he goes to his family. And even though he knows he's about to resurrect Lazarus from the grave, in like five minutes, he takes the time to weep with them. He takes the time to not say, guys, get up. Don't you know what I'm about to do? Miracle maker is here. I got this. Instead, he weeps with them. He cares deeply for them. And this is why he took the time to grieve with his father 
before going to the cross, not going, I'm God, so I better just suck it up. So where are you at emotionally? Because wherever you are probably makes sense. But can I give you some encouragement? Don't experience it alone. Talk with someone you trust. Draw near to God and be honest with him. Journal about it. Pray to God about it and be honest with him because he is big enough to take it. See, as followers of Jesus, we can so easily hide behind a mask of like emotional competence because we somehow think that that is what we are called to be. Is that we would have it all figured out all the time. But that can be further from the truth because you see, it's in the midst of the emotional realities of life that we experience God's grace, his comfort, and his presence. So be honest with God because he can take it. So that's gospel reminder number one. Here's number two. Wherever you are, you are not there alone. You are not there alone. Allie and I have become fans of, um, of a TV show on Apple TV Plus called Ted Lasso. And um, it's about a, um, a, a mid-level collegiate football coach who ends up in the English Premier League coaching, managing a soccer team when he has never played or watched soccer in his entire life. So kind of funny in that concept all by itself. But he's like, he's like inspirational. And the way that he coaches his team is just filled with such encouragement and love and care. And at one point, um, after a major loss, they're all in the locker room and they're, and they're beating themselves up. They're crying. They feel terrible about it. And, and he says a line in, in an episode that I think, in that moment, that I think is just so good. He says, look around the locker room and see that everyone else is sad. And he says this, I can promise you that there is something worse than being sad and it is being alone and sad. Now, this season that we live in is very, very isolating, right? I mean, think about it. I, for, I, I obviously never got called back from furlough, but for many of you who have been in break rooms at Walt Disney World, you're, I, you're isolated from one another, and it makes sense because COVID, but you're sitting six feet apart, not able to really talk, everyone looking down at their phones for connection. but you're not alone. You're not alone. Now, I've been so encouraged watching the way cast members over the last week have been taking care of one another. It's been so cool. That's been really cool to see on Facebook, to see the way that people are just reaching out and encouraging one another. I think it is absolutely beautiful. But what happens when we let one another down? Because that happens, right? Because we get it wrong sometimes. In fact, we get it wrong with God sometimes. Kind of like the way his disciples did, if we continue on in um, Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. Verse 37, and he came down and found them, who are the them, the Peter, Peter, James, and John. And what are they doing? They fell asleep. He found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know what I find so interesting about this passage? How normal it is. Like that is such a normal thing to do. We fall asleep on one another. We know what we should have done and then we don't. We get busy, we get caught up, we forget to respond to the text. We forget to reach out to that friend that we know is struggling. Now, the reality is, is that's sad and that's 
part of being human. But here's the truth. Even when we disappoint one another, God is present. God is present. See, Jesus broke into the story of humanity and revealed to us the extent that God would go to present himself to us, to be present with us. This is why one of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. See, literally the cross is the ultimate display of this never giving up, never shutting down, never leaving alone, pouring out kind of love that God has for his kids. This means that even when we let one another down, we're not alone. But here's the good news. Even though we often do let one another down, that doesn't have to be the end of the story with one another. It's not like, well, humanity is just the worst all the time and you're not gonna get much better in the church. So at least you got Jesus. <laughs> no, you have Jesus and then we have one another, even though we have one another imperfectly. Um, the enemy, our spiritual enemy, the Satan tries to tell us that we are all alone, that nobody is coming, that nobody cares, that nobody is with you or for you, but that can't be further than the truth. It reminds me of um, in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, Harry is struggling in that book um, with this idea, with um, just feeling so isolated from all of his friends. None of them care. None of them understand. He is all alone in this. And he goes out and he's talking to another friend, Luna, and she and he's talking about how isolated and alone he feels. And she says, "I imagine that's exactly how um, the Dark Lord, Lord Voldemort, would want you to feel." That that's exactly what he wants you to feel. Because when you're all alone, you're not much of a threat to him. You are not much of a threat to the powers of darkness alone. You're not. Neither am I. But in the power of the Spirit, in the community that we've been called into, we are quite terrifying. Together we are. Together, united in Jesus, we are terrifying. And that's a good thing. So if you're sad, seriously, welcome to the club because you're not alone. You are surrounded by friends and family within this community who care deeply for you. And this is why, um, I don't know if you've already seen it, um, but we'll announce it a little bit later as well. But we're having a thing tomorrow night right here. Um, we're just calling it the Disney Family Pizza Night. And it's just gonna be a space where three things will be in abundance, pizza, soda, and friendship. I'm not going to do a message. Um, We're going to have people that are available to pray with you. But we want to create a space for you, for your friends, for anyone, whether they currently know Jesus or not, to just come and connect with one another in a season that's been so isolating. And we're going to have it indoors and outdoors so that everyone um, can hopefully feel safe in this space. And it'll just be a space where if you just need somebody to watch some dumb, funny YouTube video with you, do it. If you need to beat up on someone on Cornhill, we'll have it outside. Um, if you need someone to cry with you, I mean, there's definitely going to be more than a few people that are ready for that. Um, and if you just need food, you're already invited. It's going to, we'll have more than enough pizza, I'm sure. But all that with the fact that we are, you don't have to be alone in this. You're not alone in this. No matter what the enemy tries to tell you, you're not. So gospel reminder number three, however this moment impacts you, abide in Jesus. I honestly thought that I would be a cast member um, giving tours at Magic Kingdom for the next 20 years. 
because I was seasonal. It was like 150 hours a year. Like, so easy. This is going to be so great. I ne- it never occurred to me that something like this could happen. See, I love giving, my, giving the keys of the kingdom to her because my goal with each and every one of my tours is to help guests fall in love with the efforts that cast members do to make magic for their families every single time. Now, I'm going to miss that a lot. For me and Allie personally, me not being seasonal anymore isn't going to affect us too dramatically from a financial level. But it does hurt to think of me never wearing um, my plaid costume again. It does hurt knowing that I don't get to tell those stories to guests from around the world again. So what about you? How is this moment impacting you? Because it is impacting us each uniquely. And some of us have been holding on to dear life financially, making, uh, getting the 275 a week or whatever from unemployment and just hoping that Washington somehow figures something out. Uh, all the while you're just hoping for this call. So you've kind of just held on for dear life. And that's a scary place to be. Some of you, you had been prepping for the last few years to do something like the leadership casting call, that you would be able to enter into the next step in your Disney journey just to know that now it has been sidelined and side-railed and you don't know if any of these dreams are ever going to come to pass. But here is the same, no matter where we are. The opportunity is the same, that we are called to abide in him in every moment. If that sounds familiar, that's because it's our vision for 2020. Abide in every moment. Now, when we casted that vision back in January, we had no idea what moment we were talking about. (laughs) But yet, this is the moment that God prepared us for, that we would draw near to Jesus. Now, here is how Jesus talks about abiding. This is from John, um, John 15. John 15, verse four. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. See, branches are called to abide to the vine. So the idea is like an olive or a grapevine, right? And so you have the vine that is stretching and you have a little tiny twig of a branch and that's us. Like that's all we got. We got, we got that much. But a branch does not just abide in the vine when the sun's out and when there's like a light, cool breeze going through the vineyard, right? No, the branch needs to hold on and needs to stay connected to the vine to live through the hurricane, through the fires, through the floods. The vine and the branch need to be inseparable. Otherwise, the branch apart from the vine will wither and die. So what Jesus is saying is pretty obvious. Draw near to me. It is life or death. Not because it's easy, not because you might feel like it, but because apart from, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Because connected to Jesus, you will ultimately receive life and life to the full. Because connected to him, this season, no matter how difficult or easy the season has been for you, it will not be wasted. That connected to him, you can draw near to the king of the cosmos. And that 
is absolutely insane. When Jesus was on the cross, this is what he was orchestrating, our return, our connection, that we could truly be connected to him. Now, I was thinking about um, in Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, there is a phrase that's used a few times throughout that book. Uh, it's the phrase, Aslan is on the move. Aslan's the lion uh, who symbolizes Jesus. And um, he is not present in most of the story. In fact, in the story at this point, when this phrase is used, it's this, this, the entire kingdom of Narnia is covered in ice. It is isolated. It's desolate. And they don't know how spring will ever come. But what they say is Aslan is on the move. You don't see him moving. He's orchestrating in the background, but he is doing something. I don't know what Jesus is doing in your life. I don't know what he's doing in mine. But what I do know is that he is on the move. Jesus is on the move. So draw near to him because he is on the move. Now, what does that look like? What does it look like to draw near to Jesus? And the answer is it's unique and it's personal. I do know that it involves the disciplines of the faith, spiritual rhythms, things like prayer and fasting and worship, studying scripture. These, these spaces that we have been equipped with, these tools are meant to be these anchor points without, within our day that would draw us near to Jesus. So what I would encourage you is, which, which spiritual disciplines give you life? And I'd probably start there right now. Start with the ones that give you life and make them anchor points throughout your day and throughout your week that you would draw near to him consistently. Prioritize time with the Father because like we saw in Gethsemane, that's exactly what Jesus did. So let's learn from him. So that's gospel reminder number three. And here's the final gospel reminder. If ever there was a moment for uncommon love at WDW, it is now, and it is through you, and it is through me. For me, I've spent the last few days questioning, did I make the most of my time as a cast member? Was I intentional enough? Like, honestly, I've been beating myself up pretty bad about it. I should have done more. I, should, I, I shouldn't have put my headphones in in the break room when I had the chance. I shouldn't have walked faster so that I could hurry up and get to my car and get home instead of taking the slow road and walking with other people. Was I selfish? Did I make an, a gospel impact on City Hall? Like, honestly, these are the things that I've been wrestling with. But you know what I realized, though, is that by me just focusing on the past, it completely misses out on what God wants to do through me in the present. Here at Mosaic at WW, we have a beautiful calling to demonstrate our passion for God and his passion for people to cast members. This community, we have existed for almost nine years now. It's crazy. God's done so much. So many people have come through and been sent out all around the world through this community. Early on in our story, we began an event that was called Hashtag Uncommon Love at WDW, where we'd go to one of the different parks or resorts, and we'd go to encourage cast members. We used to have little propel packets um, with a little, like, um, uh, a little label printed onto it. Um, eventually, uh, we started getting like chocolate, um, and we'd give those away. And now we have business cards that look pretty cool. Um, we even have them translated into every country that there's a Disney park around the world, which is kind of fun when you go international. 
But what we discovered is that uncommon love at WW is not an event that we do. It is the heartbeat of this community to demonstrate the uncommon love of Jesus to a world that is in desperate need of it. See, after Jesus died and rose from the grave, he equipped and he empowered his disciples to go and to change the world. But it wasn't in their own strength. It wasn't because they were so loyal or they were so brave. In fact, they had shown like the exact opposite in like every way. They abandoned Jesus in his hour of need. And earlier in the night, they were fighting while Jesus is trying to talk about him dying. They are fighting over which one of them is his truest BFF. Like they are not stellar individuals. Yet these are the same men that God, that Jesus would give the great commission. Now in Acts 1.8, let's read it um, the way Luke recounts it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Again, he doesn't say that you're going to do this in your strength, in your power. When you feel up to it, you go and change the world. No, he says, wait until the spirit of God comes upon you and you are going to be a part of something crazy. It's not in their strength, their power, their ingenuity, their strategy. It is in the power of the spirit of God. And that's what my heart needs. And that's what your heart needs. The reminder that it is not in your own strength that you go and love people well. If you try, you probably can do it a little bit better than me, I imagine. But you're not, it's not gonna take you that far. See, uncommon love is this concept that we are called to radically change the world by being a gospel presence and a gospel voice wherever we go. Uncommon love is not an event that we do where we just go ride our favorite attractions and then hang out with friends in one of the parks. Now, those things are kind of fun. And once a month when we go to the parks, we do those kind of things as well. But when we step out into uncommon love, we are stepping into spiritual warfare. Do you know that? We are stepping into spiritual warfare. Uncommon love is the children of light taking the message of light into spaces of darkness. And you can be so sure that we have an enemy that wants to stop that and squash that because the uncommon love of Jesus is the only thing that can heal a broken world. See, uncommon love is the spirit of God redeeming unredeemed spaces through us. Uncommon love is us being used that we might display the beauty of Jesus to a dying world. So there is a once a month event, but that once a month event is really just an equipping space that we have so that we can learn from one another how to go and do this. So that whenever we are on Disney property, so that when we are at Target, so that when we are with our families and our friends and our roommates and our neighbors, we can demonstrate Uncommon love is a gospel presence and is a gospel voice. It happens every day. And uncommon love is the gospel breaking through the brokenness of our world. So whatever emotions you are experiencing, it makes sense. Wherever you are, you're not there alone. However this moment impacts you, abide in Jesus. And if ever there was a moment for uncommon love at WDW, it's now and it will happen through you and through me. I need the gospel. I need to be reminded of it by you. We need to be reminding it to one another. 
Because apart from the gospel, all we got is our best effort and that doesn't take us very far. But in the power and the strength of the spirit of God, operating in the community of God, equipped with the word of God, guys, Jesus is gonna change the world. He's gonna change Walt Disney World. And this moment will not be wasted. This is an unimaginable moment, but Jesus is gonna do something special in it. So I'm gonna go ahead and invite the band to go and come on forward. And we're gonna do something a little different right now. Um, We're gonna enter into a time of prayer, but it is going to be a written corporate prayer. And here's what I mean by that. What I want you to do is to, if you have a journal and a pen, feel free to bring that out. If you have a phone, which you most likely do, go ahead and pull that out. If you are online, you can do this in the comment section on, um, on the live stream. You can also do this um, on your email address as well. Now, go ahead and put that email address up here just so that I get it right. I think, I believe it should be on there. Is it on there? No. Nope. Is it? Nope, nope, nope. Okay, then um, I'm going to say it. And if I say it wrong, correct me back there. Yeah, okay. So, uh, because I don't have it in my notes. Um, So what I want you to do is to, you can write this down in your notes field, but um, ultimately what I'm going to ask you to do is to consider emailing this to us, your prayer to us. Um, You can email it to prayer.www at thisismosaic.org. I got it right. That's cool. That's great. Okay, so here's what I want you to, to pray. Whatever the Spirit of God has led on your, put on your heart for this moment that we are experiencing. And here's why. Here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow night, this is not going to be a place where we are going to be preaching. It's not going um, to be overly formalized. But what I do want to do is surround everybody who might step into this place with prayer. So what that means is take this time, take five minutes and write down a prayer on your phone and email that prayer to us. And what we're going to do is we're going to print those prayers out And we're going to post them in this room in some way or shape or form tomorrow night so that people would know that they have been surrounded in prayer by this community. So for those of you who are online, you can put that in the comment section or you can email it to the same prayer.www. Oh, there we go. At thisismosaic.org. So let's go ahead. I'm gonna pray for us and you can go ahead and begin typing that out. And then after a few minutes have passed, um, Josh will go ahead and continue to lead us in musical worship. Father, it's your uncommon love that propels us. God, I don't know where each of us are sitting right now. Worried about our finances worried about what next, broken over the loss of a dream, hurting because friends have been laid off and they're gonna be moving away. Sad because it's just sad to see people losing their jobs, especially at this, at this gravity in this place. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't look past the emotional reality of this moment, but Lord, that we would draw near to you through this moment. Lord, I pray that you would lay on each of our hearts a prayer that is authentic to your spirit through us. 
Let us be carriers of your uncommon love to a world that's in desperate need of it. Thank you, Lord, for not wasting this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.